Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data. In order to make one Moneyline pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, a little bit of a mixed bag, Apex split. Um, B-Picks didn't do as well. Uh, I talk about good and bad variants. Uh, I mean, the only real... Two one games last night split those. Uh, of course, lost the B pick because that's the way <laughs> the winner keeps have gone for us. But uh, the other one, I, and I tweeted about this really at Mets game yesterday. I talked about it. You know, plus odds in the Mets in a tight game, anything could happen. And sure enough, it was tied late and a drop pop fly sweeps <laughs> the game. And that gives the Yankees a two run win. Uh, that ball's caught and it's still 2 2. And, and who knows what happens later that the Mets bullpen is stronger. Um, they got shot, and that was the whole point. Was plus odds they got a shot, and uh, you, you know, you just—that's what we talk about. Good and bad variants, you know. Sometimes it happens for you, sometimes it happens against you. Could have easily gone the other way. It's not a play that you you see often, uh, you know, just every so often. And uh, yeah, it didn't go our way last night, uh, but that's okay. I uh, got a lot of good games today. A lot of big spreads. I'm on a couple of really big favorites, uh, but I'm on a couple of really big dogs too. So maybe just some landmines to avoid uh, that we'll talk about today. But before we get to in-depth breakdown of those games some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way assuming you turn notifications on to ensure that you don't miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content this show provides show that for any friend others in the game hit me up on twitter or drop a comment for on youtube i love those and try to respond to as many as i can we've also partnered with horse racing today for those of you who like to play the ponies you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net Got a team of five with over 125 years combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or the website. The links are in the description. <laughs> Quick programming note here before we get going. Uh, today is Wednesday. Uh, Friday show, I'm not sure uh, the timing of that one. Uh, we're gonna, planning to have uh, tubes put in our daughter's ears. She's always sick with ear infections, one of those things. And so uh, from my understanding, it's going to happen really early in the morning. So I probably won't be up at like 3 a.m. to do the show. Uh, but it sounds like we'll be back earlier in the day. And so it might be a later show on Friday. Not really sure the timing. If it's later enough in the day, I might do it really early. If it's really early, it might be late. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, Friday, I have no idea what will happen. And I don't think I'll have much of an update tomorrow, but I will tweet out what the plan is. So check the Twitter on that just so you know the timing of what Friday's show will look like. There still will be a show. Uh, just not sure uh, what time it'll be. Um, but when I know something like Thursday night, I think is we're going to find some more information on that. I will tweet that out and let y'all know. As for today, we're going to start off with some morning baseball if you're not in the Eastern time zone. Braves, the Pirates, 1235 Eastern, first pitch. No wind effect in this one. It'll stay very calm. About 80 degrees to start mid-80s. <clears throat> Finishing up Kyle Wright versus Mitch Keller. The Pirates throwing more decent starting pitching. Of course, the, the big problem with them is that they have no relievers. Uh, like we talked about uh, yesterday with Brubaker being a solid pitcher. The day before, Contreras, solid pitcher. Keller, not quite as good as those guys. More on the slightly below average side than slightly above average side. Not bad, though. 449 ERA. Underline metrics. It should be about four. So, again, Pirates have some decent starters. Uh, again, the problem is whoever comes, comes in relief behind them is not very good. Kyle Wright, a fantastic year. We've talked about him a lot. Love to back him earlier in the season uh, before people kind of realized that he'd really put it together. 314 year in the season. Underline metrics have him in the mid threes. Very good pitcher. Uh, mid 80s grade according to the model. Braves should be massive favorites in this one. Of course, they have a huge edge on offense. Of course, massive edge and relievers. I mean, much better team here for sure. 
being on the road tempers it a little bit. Model says it should be Braves minus 216. The price I'm seeing right now is Braves minus 240. Uh, if it stays in that mid-200s, I just can't recommend a Braves play on this one. It's Pirates or Pass. And if the price is right now, I probably would lean more Pass. 216 for the Pirates. I'll take them with a lean. It's exactly what the model says it should be, so it doesn't really offer any mathematical edge. I really want bigger odds on this before I'm excited about a Pirates play, so... You can take a flyer on it. It really just depends on what the number does on this one. To me, it's really on the it's really on the border of pirates or pass. It's 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 really a coin toss decision between those two at the number right now. Um, and we don't have a, a long runway before this game gets going. Here's it'll start really early in the day, but. If it moves out and it's that the Braves get favored by more and more Atlanta money comes in, the Pirates have bigger plus odds, then at that point it becomes maybe take a flyer on the Pirates is kind of my thought on this. Um, if more Pirates money comes in and the Braves price drops a little bit, it's probably more of a pass. If it drops a lot, I'd totally be on the Braves. You know, I'd love to play the Braves here. At a price like minus 220 would probably be okay, uh, especially if it got to like a minus 210. But again, at minus 240, it's just too much of a premium. Again, we're trying to think long-term here. It's not about one day. It's about long-term investment. The Pirates might accidentally win this game, so you just don't want to be paying too big of a price. But the Pirates should be massive underdogs in this one as they are. So really just kind of depends on what number you're looking at. At plus 216, it's a play on the Pirates here for me as a C-grade pick, but it's not one that I'm really excited about. There's a couple other dogs later that I think have better chances to win than this one. Um, really, it's just that price on the Braves, it's just so high. Uh, daytime baseball getaway day. It's just not a comfortable investment, one I just wouldn't want to be too heavily involved in because the risk that you're adding is is still probably greater than the payout on the Braves. Again, at this price, who knows what will happen if it moves. Maybe a different story. So Braves should be favored. It's just how much of a premium are we willing to pay. Total of this game is 8.5. Model says 7.8. And, and I tend to agree. I, I think under makes a lot of sense to talk about. It. I don't know how the Pirates are going to score many runs. Yesterday, this game went under, as I talked about. And I kind of think the same thing here. It is a little bit warmer. Uh, but I just don't see the Pirates scoring many runs. I mean, if they're going to pull off this upset, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, even if the Braves score a handful of runs, I, I don't see it being that different than last night's game where they got six runs and the game still couldn't go over. The Pirates offense is very good, and Kyle Rott's a really good pitcher, and the Braves relievers are really good. So um, I, I see more of a low-scoring game. I think under makes a lot of sense here at 8.5. I think that's way too high. Your model says so 7.8. I probably would make this total eight and probably would make you have to pay a little bit of a premium to go under as well. Uh, so I think they're a little bit too high on this total starting us off today in Pittsburgh. One Eastern start time giants at the Tigers fairly warm in Detroit mid eighties, pretty much for the entirety of this game, a slight breeze blowing out should say at about five miles an hour though. So not really much of an effect there. Logan Webb versus Matt Manning. Manning in his six outings so far, fantastic results, 281 ERN at the underlying metrics. Say it should be about four. So a little bit of smoke and mirrors, Manning's an okay pitcher, but he's not nearly as good as that ERA might indicate. Gets a slightly below average rating, according to the model. Logan Webb projects exactly like Kyle Wright. Very good pitcher. Um, you know, not in that top tier, of course, but still pretty solid. A 308 ERA. Now that's uh, a little bit deflated. Advanced metrics say it should be closer to the mid threes. But again, a very good pitcher here. Uh, a guy we talked about a lot, like, it kind of just quietly goes about his business, has, having a pretty good season. Um, you know, no real complaints there if you're a Logan Webb or Giants fan. Obviously, the Giants offense is much better. Tigers relievers are much better. Uh, Giants relievers held on last night, though in the ninth gave them quite a scare um, in that one. So, I mean, you, you never really, and that's kind of the, the issue with the Giants relievers. You never really know what you're going to get there. And, and last night's game, one a couple, many, many pitches where there was one swing to the bat and the Tigers could walk the game off um, as massive underdogs. And that's just the biggest fear about, taking the Giants these days with their relievers, especially taking the Giants as big favorites. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get from that set of relievers. Uh, total's fairly accurate. Model says 7.8. The actual total is 7.5. It's probably a total um, that I'd stay away from. Model indicates over if you're not really a believer in this Giants bullpen, you could look that way. The big question there is how, how deep is Webb going to go? And we talk about this a lot when when Webb pitches, some of these better Giants pitchers go. That's really the question you have to ask yourself. Against this Tigers offense, he should have some success. Everybody tends to against Detroit. Um, if he's going deeper, minimizes how many innings the Giants relievers are going, that bodes well for the Giants. It also bodes well for the under, or at least staying away from the over. If uh, he only goes six innings, seven innings, you know, six six into the seventh, there's enough outings of the Giants relievers, maybe some extra runs there. Tigers with a better chance over a better chance, right? But if, he, if he's going eight innings, 
this over is probably not going to hit. So uh, just something to keep an eye on there with Logan Webb. And you may decide to play a player prop on him if you kind of have a, a thought of him rather than trying to, to take a side of the total. Bottle says it should be Giants minus 134. There's a little bit of an edge on the Tigers plus 130. I think it's worth a look. I think the Tigers got a shot here. Manning's decent. Uh, so Tigers plus 130, it's a C-grade pick. It, it, it's just not one I want to be too heavily invested in. This Tigers offense is very bad. Um, but I do think, I mean, low scoring, I mean, the total's seven and a half for a reason. Again, model thinks under eight. So, I mean, model thinks tight, low scoring game. Uh, Webb's a good pitcher and should have a lot of success. But um, if Manning can keep them in the game, again, their relievers are better. It kind of plays out like last night, one of those like 3-1 late. Maybe the Tigers can get some runs and pull off a 4-3 win, uh, that sort of thing. It kind of plays out in that scenario. So I'll take a fly on the Tigers plus 138. Again, a little bit of an edge model, so it should be 134. Uh, I think it's worth a look. Bottom line, Giants at minus 150. It's just too much of a price. If you like the Giants, it's probably because you like Logan Webb and you think he's going to have a lot of success against this Tigers offense. I'd encourage you to isolate that. Tigers team total under, you may have to pay quite a premium for, so you may be looking more at Logan Webb outs or Logan Webb strikeouts over, something like that. Uh, but the problem I was talking about this is the derivative markets tend to be priced pretty accurately with uh, on the trickle down not always and that's where you can find some edges sometimes but in general they they seem to be priced fairly well where the tigers team total if you're having to go under two and a half like that's just a really low number right so it's kind of one of those it's hard really to find an edge they know the same things that we know that this tigers offense unlikely to score a lot off of logan webb but i'd rather i'd rather do something different than lay that number with the giants i'd rather like i said look at maybe some logan webb props or something uh because if they're going to win uh, it's going to be because he has a good outing and really shuts down this detroit offense if it gets into a higher scoring game if he gets into a higher scoring game again doesn't mean the giants won't win but i don't want to i don't want to have laid like a price like minus 150 uh, because if it gets into that higher scoring game with the bullpens involved at that point it's really a 50-50 contest because the Tigers relievers are so much better than the Giants relievers that the edge offensively really dissipates that the Giants would have. So if it's if it's a high-scoring game and Webb's out early, I do not want any part of the Giants. So at that point, if you're playing the Giants, again, you're banking on Webb going deep and having a good game. So that's kind of my thoughts on that one. Three cities to start time. i got an afternoon A play for you here on the Rangers at minus 127. On the road there in Denver, the Rangers twice had a three-run lead and couldn't hold it. And that's exactly what we talked about yesterday. I thought the Rangers made sense um, yesterday as dogs. I uh, thought it was a coin toss type game. Anything could happen. And I said there's a decent edge, but I had to back off that A play down to a B because, like, in a coin toss type game, of course, anything can happen. And sure enough, Rangers had a couple of leads and just couldn't hold on. It was a one-run game. And that's kind of sometimes what you see in cores when it's that these two teams are kind of equal thing. Um, so it just didn't quite work out for us. But, I mean, it, I think my handicap that made a lot of sense yesterday. Uh, today, I went back through it. I'm turning up the filter for the Rockies to give them a little bit more of a home field edge because they continue to play better at home than on the road. So I've, I've continue, I'm turning that up again in order to try to figure out when the right spots to back the Rockies at home are. Their record is a little bit better than 500 at home. So, I mean, in that regard, we should be trying to back the Rockies about half the time at home. Um, so you can turn that up, and I still think the Rangers should be much bigger favorites. Minus 127 model says minus 135. It's an A-grade play here backing Martin Perez. I just don't think Jose Urena is that good. The model doesn't either. 471 ERA. Underline metrics have it about a half run higher than that. So he, he's been all over the place. And maybe in your mind, maybe you're thinking to yourself, kind of same thing I talked about yesterday. Maybe you drop this to a B-grade play in your mind. I don't think that's the craziest idea, especially when you add in Urena, who's gotten lit up at times, but then at times actually looked pretty competent. But he, I just don't think he's a very good pitcher in Coors. Um, it's a warm day. It'll be upper 80s in this one, close to 90 degrees all day. Now, the slight breeze blowing in, but I mean, a, a warm day in that park, even with the wind blowing in, ball's going to fly. It, 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 it's a situation where I think this Rangers offense that's pretty average should have success against him. And Martin Perez has been fantastic all season for the Rangers. 280 ERA. Underlying metrics have it in the mid-threes. But, I mean, a, a very good pitcher here. The Rockies get that boost for playing a left-handed pitcher. I just don't know how much of a boost you can give him, especially given that Martin Perez is kind of a weird lefty. He's not, you know, weird arm slot. Um, and not not really a typical lefty starter. Again, I, I'm giving the Rockies a, a big boost facing a lefty. I'm giving them a big boost at home, and I still can't get anywhere 
Um, and near this number here, I just think the Rangers should be much bigger favorites. So it's an angry play for me on, on them at minus 127. I think the number should be higher. Total's 11, model says 10.8. I think the total's priced pretty well in this one. Um, you know, again, warmer day, um, one good pitcher, one not good pitcher. I think 11's a pretty solid number, so I would stay away from the total. Like I said, main focus here is just back in the Rangers, and we're going to trust that we're going to get a bad Jose Urena and that the Rangers can run away with this one. Martin Perez can hold down the Rockies. Obviously, give up a few runs in that park, but not give up too many. 335 Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the A's. A little bit warmer than usual in Oakland in a day game. Wind will be blowing out around 10 miles an hour the whole game, unlike at night when it tends to die down. Um, we'll be in the low 70s for the entirety of this game. So as you talk about here, the ball tends to carry a little bit better in the day. Models taking that into account. Models bumping that total up a little bit. The model still says the total should be 6.3. I love this under here, under 7. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, two solid pitchers. Lazardo has been pitching pretty well. And as we talked about with these Marlins pitchers, should have a lot of success against the A's. The A's uh, scoring a grand total of zero runs through the first 17 innings of this series. Got a three spot last night to push that one over. Um, but I mean, in general, Lazardo should have a lot of success here. Uh, tonight, Cole Irvin, a pretty average pitcher, 333 ERA. Now that's deflated because of him pitching in a pitcher's park. Underline metrics have it more in the low force, but a solid pitcher that again should have success against the Marlins. This Marlins offense isn't very good, and I'm surprised that we're not on the Marlins again today. I figured with back-to-back A-grade players on the Marlins, I figured we'd be on them again. And the model does like Lazardo. Um, Marlins offense again getting a boost facing a lefty, like we talked about last night. That should lead them to have some success. Differences, the differences. Marlins hit around a lefty yesterday, who's the third worst pitcher in my starting pitcher database. They hit around um, Adam Aller in night one. And, I, and I'm saying hit around. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it sarcastically, but I mean, they scored eight runs in two games. I mean, now it's in a pitcher's park. So I mean, it's, again, it's not bad, but I mean, that's as good as it's going to get for Miami. And those are two of the three literal worst starting pitchers in my database. Cole Irvin, again, a lefty, maybe the Marlins that bodes a little bit better for them, but now you're talking about an average pitcher. It's a whole different ball game when you're talking about a pitcher who's a full standard deviation and a half to two standard deviations better than those first two guys. So a whole different world here. I don't think the Marlins score very many runs. I don't think the A's score very many runs either. Again, this total at 6.3 makes a lot of sense. Like I, I would consider hanging a total of six on this and juicing the over. I don't know if I was a book, if I was an odds maker, my boss would let me get away with that. But I mean, I don't think it's the craziest thing for sure. Six and a half is what this number should be. Under seven makes a lot of sense. Again, ball flying. I, I, I'm, I'm the model's taking into account the ball flies a little bit more in the afternoon. It's a little bit warmer. When does it die down at the end of this game? And neither one of these sets of relievers is particularly impressive, but decent to good starting pitchers against these offenses, runs are going to be at a premium. And that's kind of part of the reason why I'm on the A's here at plus 105. I, again, I, diminishing the A's home field advantage still. It's a coin toss type game. Model says Marlins minus 103. Give me some plus odds on this one, but it's not one that I really like. Lazardo can absolutely throw a shutout in this game. He's got that potential against the bad A's offense. So I don't want to be too heavily invested on the A's here. Um, but I just don't think that you can blind fade Cole Irvin. Um, I think we're... I, I think our memories are short as humans. I think we collectively saw how bad the Marlins offense was for a long stretch. And we entered these first two games and the prices were like, oh, this Marlins offense is terrible. And I tried to tell you, I was like, they are, but like they should score runs for the pitcher's park against those two guys. And now everyone's like, oh, like the Marlins scored eight, eight runs these two games. They should put up four. It's like, I don't think they're going to pull up four against Cole Irvin. I think we're going to go back to the way that we were seeing before. And I see them scoring like two runs. So if they score two runs, like maybe they win two to one, maybe they lose three to two. Like I said, I like the under either way, but at plus odds, I think the A's make a little bit of sense here. I don't want to lay a big price with the Marlins. Again, if you believe in Lazardo, and I kind of tend to, and you don't want to play the A's, that makes a lot of sense. I think just focus on the under, because seven, I think, is a gift giving you that push there in case it does happen to be a four to three game, which again, feels really high scoring. You saw it last night with a bunch of runs late, so maybe something like that happens again. But otherwise, in general, you don't expect a lot of runs in this one. So the four o'clock Eastern time slot, two games right here. Got the Guardians at the Padres, got the A over with the Guardians last night at plus odds. Um... The oddsmakers continue to disrespect the Guardians. I'll be on them again today at plus 148. It's a B-grade pick. A lot of value here on the Guardians, in my opinion. The only issue is that Blake Snell continues to look pretty solid. Uh, does have a 376 ERA on the season, which pretty much matches Quantrill. But there's a pretty big difference in the underlying metrics of these two guys. By three-quarters of a run in each direction, the underlying metrics have Quantrill at three-quarters of a run higher 
than his results and Snell at three quarters of a run lower than his results, which adds up to a one and a half run differential between these two pitchers. So I think Blake Snell's a much better pitcher, despite the fact that these guys have similar ERAs. And for the most part, Snell's looked pretty good as of late. He has had a couple of rocky outings, but on the whole, it's been more success than not for him. Again, still pitching in a pitcher-friendly ballpark that should bode well. Now, the issue today is it's a little bit warmer of a day in a day game in San Diego. We're going to be close to 80 degrees for the entirety of this one, which is, again, warm for San Diego standards. Wind will be blowing out close to 10 miles an hour all game, so not quite as pitcher-friendly as usual, but still it's not going to play like a hitter-friendly ballpark whatsoever. Model says 7.9 for the total, and the actual total is 7.5. So the model might indicate a little bit of an over here. Guardians offense, fairly average. Padres offense, still a little bit above average. You do have that question mark with Soto, like, is he going to get scratched again late? Um, That's obviously a potential issue there. Otherwise, though, the Guardians relievers are really good, and so that's kind of what gives them a chance in this one. If Quantrill can hold them in it, kind of anything can happen. The Padres should be favored, but the model says minus 139. So as you've been mostly saying ever since the trade deadline, the Padres are a little bit overvalued. They're a good team, but they're not as good as they're being priced. So I'll take the Guardians at plus 148. I think it's Guardians or pass. I just don't want to lay these big prices on the Padres. Just got to hope that it holds close to even. And then at that point, it's edge to the Guardians with their relievers being better than the Padres relievers. Last day game here, Nationals at the Mariners. Annabelle Sanchez versus George Kirby. Pretty big mismatch here with regards to starting pitcher. Obviously, Kirby above average. Annabelle Sanchez, very not above average. Uh, 643 ERA for Sanchez, and that's pretty accurate according to the underlying metrics. Kirby with a 347 ERA, and that is also pretty accurate. So, I mean, these two pitchers are what they appear to be when you look at their ERAs, unlike the previous game we talked about. Of course, Mariners offense much better, relievers much better. Mariners are a really good team, um, very scary team at this point, especially with the acquisition of Castillo, uh, a team I don't want to be playing in the postseason. I mean, I don't know what else to say. There is What there is to say about this team, they, they, they're playing well. They made us a ton of money. I don't see any reason why we should stop backing them. 285 is a giant price, but it's still a pretty big hedge. The model says it should be Mariners minus 342. Um, it's hard to see the Nats winning this game. And uh, we backed the Nats a few times against San Diego. And that, you know, they won a couple of those games, I think, uh, you know, surprisingly, whether the game series was in San Diego or Washington. But you got to get pretty big plus odds because these Nats aren't good and they're going to lose a whole lot more than they win. So it's like when they win and it's going to happen, you need a massive payout to offset the losses and the payouts just not big enough in this one. Again, model says it should be in the mid 300. So 285 to be play for me in the Mariners. I absolutely think they're worth a look. Uh, they're a team that again, don't throw them in every parlay. That's just not good bankroll management in my opinion. But if you do a parlay for afternoon games today, absolutely I'm comfortable throwing the Mariners in there. You are adding some risk as with any big favorite, but the risk you're adding is smaller relative to the payout that you're adding not a ton of payout but you're adding not a ton of risk either because the mariners uh, at 77.4 percent according to the model is about as big as you're going to get i mean it's it's hard to get too much higher than that uh with regards to um how confident we are in a major league baseball team winning because the bad teams while they're bad tend to still win occasionally but this Nats team is really bad this Mariners team is really good in seattle i mean they should be big favorites they are but i'm still comfortable backing again be great play for me on them Total seven and a half. Model says seven point two. Um, you know, pitcher friendly ballpark, but again, daytime there in Seattle, ball is going to carry more than at night. Um, I think it's a total I probably would stay away from simply because I don't think the Nets will score. But I don't really know how many of the Mariners are going to score. If they went four to one, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they went eight to one, I wouldn't be surprised either. So. Um, Maybe you look at Nats team total, but again, it's like we talked about with some of the other ones. I mean, you're going to be going under a number like two and a half. You might even have to lay, you know, pay juice for that, which is crazy. So I don't think you're going to find a lot of value. Maybe it's a play you make because it's better than you don't love laying a number like minus 300. I don't blame you for that either. But at some point, I just don't see the Nats scoring in this one. Uh, very many runs. Mariners should win easily to get us a late afternoon winner. Tonight game's back on a dog here with the Reds at plus 212. It's a C-grade pick for me there. The model says this should be Phillies minus 199. So if the number starts with a 1, I'd be okay with the Phillies. But at prices like minus 235, it's too high of a price. Some of y'all were talking about um, last night being afraid to lay a number like minus 210 or whatever it was with... um, 
the Phillies throwing my mind just went completely blank. Uh, whoever the lefty was, the Phillies threw yesterday. <laughs> uh, maybe I need more sleep. Uh, whoever that guy was. Um, somebody else talked about that in the, in the comments. Uh, I feel like at least yesterday what you saw in the Phillies had that lead. And of course, in their bullpen bloop when they came back, you, you kind of saw like why the Phillies were still a decent play at big, at big odds because the Reds relievers are really bad. And so it's like, yeah, you don't love backing a mediocre uh, pitcher, but at least you had a starting pitcher who was competent, who'd been looking pretty good, who's had, again, a good last, you know, two months. Today, the Phillies throwing Christopher Sanchez, I just, it's Reds or pass. Like, I just don't see how you can back Christopher Sanchez at a price like this. It's not that I like TJ Zook. I mean, he's terrible also, but... Sanchez, you know, is a reliever. You're talking about a bullpen game. You're talking about maybe Sanchez will give you like three innings, four innings, but I mean, it probably won't be great. I mean, at some point it's not going to be much. Now you're going to relievers. Very few teams have six, seven relievers that are competent. I mean, the Reds will score some runs here and the Phillies will score some runs too. And the Phillies should be favorites. But I mean, this price is just really big when you're talking about a bullpen game, um, and not starting off with good pitching and, and, and a team that, again, has some decent relievers, but I just don't think has the depth to to be super confident with the bullpen game. Now, again, the Reds are bad, and that's why the odds are this way. It's just way too big of a price here uh, on the Phillies, in my opinion. So it's Reds or pass. If you want to pass, then that makes a lot of sense. I'll take a flyer on the Reds, a plus 212. Model says there's some value here because the model says the price should be around minus 200, so 212. Reds may be worth a flyer here, may accidentally win it. If it's a tight game last night, that's really all you can ask for if you have big plus odds, right? It's a tight game and see what, what can happen. And hopefully the Reds bullpen doesn't blow it again. But again, really scary pitching all the way around. And so you get maybe towards the back end of the Phillies bullpen, which did blow it last night. So, I mean, not good pitching in this one. And that creates a lot of uncertainty as opposed to yesterday, where at least again, you had a confident starter, which it didn't play out exactly like we hoped, but um, at least gives you a little bit of confidence that you lack today with a bullpen game here, more or less, for the Phillies. It'll be mid-80s to start. It'll close around 80 degrees once we blow it across. Model says 9.2, so it says go over 8.5. Um, model's really starting to drop the totals here lately as the weather has... They're not really hot here late in August, kind of un- unusual uh unusually cool weather. Uh, usually in August, we still have a lot of 100-degree days uh, here, but as August is winding down, it's starting to cool off. And, uh, you know, model says a lot of these are more under looks, but today model says go over in this one. Again, a lot, like I said, a lot of bad pitching. A lot of bad pitching means runs somewhere. don't really know where it'll happen, but I'm pretty confident there'll be some runs in this one. I'm really surprised this total is at nine. And honestly, nine and a half isn't the craziest number just because of the terrible pitching that's going to be thrown throughout this game. I think there's a lot of runs. I think over eight and a half is probably your smartest investment for that one. Seven to five Eastern short time, White Sox at the Orioles. Speaking of smart investments, uh, yeah, I don't know on this one. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Giolito and Spencer Watkins. Uh, Watkins, again, the model does not like him. And as he pitched well last time out, but as I mentioned then, the Orioles clearly don't like him either because he was the guy that got moved to the bullpen when they wanted to give D.L. Hall a shot. So they clearly aren't that confident in him either. He does have a 404 ERA but on, for the season, but the underlying metrics have it in the mid-fours. Again, not a very good pitcher. Um, Lucas Giolito, though, I mean, he's awful and gets lit up and then has a good start or two. And then you're like, maybe he's turned it around. And then he's awful for like five more starts and you've given up on him. And then he has a good start or two. And you're like, maybe he's figured. I mean, it's just, you just don't know what you're going to get with this guy. The model still kind of believes in him and at least thinks he's still better than average. I, I honestly, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I might, I'm trying to come at this from an analytical perspective. And I know that's sometimes difficult as sports betters because we often look at how a guy's done for us and we either love him or hate him based off of that, right? And so if you've been back in Lucas Giolito, you probably don't really like the guy. And I totally get that. Totally get that. But from an analytical perspective, his underlying metrics aren't as bad as that ERA. Again, it's 534 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the upper three. So there's something there. I don't know what. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I, I honestly don't. The model still says he's above average. He still projects to be about a run per nine innings better than Spencer Watkins. 
how much confidence do I have in that? I mean, honestly, not a lot because Gilito has been more than not has been a bad pitcher this season and has been not one you want to back. The results have just not been there. So, you know, I, I think it's a game that you should my, – my, my advice for this game is to temper your wager because I cannot in good conscience say that the Orioles around even money – is a wise play here and that you want to go heavy. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, Gilito's terrible. Uh, Orioles at home, they've been playing well. And I, if you want to play the Orioles, I don't think that's crazy, but I just wouldn't play them that hard. I think there's a lot of variability in this game with Spencer Watkins who can absolutely get lit up. And Gilito, who, again, there might be something there with the underlying metrics, say he's not as bad as the results have been, and there's hope around the corner. Now, there may not be hope around the corner. So because of that, I only have a C play on the White Sox, because I'm not going to say we should absolutely back Gilito heavily either. So again, my, my recommendation in this game, whichever side you're on, is just temper back your wager, because there is a lot of uncertainty here, because I don't have a clue what we're going to get from either one of these starting pitchers. And if you just say Gilito's been bad this season... Again, there's something there in the underlying metrics that say there is hope for him. But again, I don't have enough hope to say that the White Sox are a play that I really want to be heavily invested in. So hopefully I didn't ramble too much there. And again, the main idea here is I just don't think it's worth a large investment no matter which side you're on. I think either side I can see the argument. Model says it should be White Sox minus 117. The model says the White Sox aren't that good against varieties and it's giving them a ding for that. But it still says offensively, they're about as good as this Orioles team, as good as the relievers have been for the Orioles. If if the game matters and we get down to the, the, the top, you know, three to five pitchers for the relievers for the White Sox, I still think those relievers are better. And again, it still thinks that as bad as Gilito's been, he still projects to be a better pitcher than Walken. So the model says White Sox minus 117, so I'll back the White Sox minus 113. But just a C pick, and like I said, to me, no matter which side you're on, it's a C pick on this one. Someone will win this game. And at the end, you might say, we should have gone heavier on whichever side that wins. <laughs> That's not really helpful, though, because before the game happens, I think the variability is through the roof, and I don't have a clue what's going to happen here. So to me, it's it's low-level investment in this one. And the same thing with the total. The model says 8.4. The actual total is 8.5. Um, so it's not a total that I think is worth an investment either. Speaking of uncertainty, the Red Sox are playing the Blue Jays tonight. Um, last night, they took a one nothing lead, and then I don't think anything else happened to the game, so the Red Sox should be a solid investment tonight as well. Um, nothing really to talk about from last night's game. Um, the jokes aside, uh, these two teams... <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty in this game as well. The difference between this one and the previous one is the odds are just so high that it's like, I, I welcome the uncertainty, bring it on. Because plus 141 in an uncertain game is a good investment. So I hope I hope you, I'm not trying to, I'm not contradicting myself here. It may sound like I am, but I'm not. The, the previous game, the odds are close to even money. And that uncertainty is like, I don't know what we're getting. The odds are probably relatively reasonable. You know, there's reason to back both sides. That's why the odds are close to 50-50. And in an uncertain game around 50-50, that's just more uncertainty and just who the heck knows. This uncertainty tonight with these two teams and how hot and cold either one of them can play and how either one can show up or not show up and, and look amazing or look awful. Uh, plus 141, great. Let's have that uncertainty because I want the uncertainty at these odds. It's like I always talk about if you can give me odds like this at the roulette table, I'm there every day of the week. Plus 141 is just way too much. A model says the Red Sox should be favored here to the price of minus 109. Uh, that seems a bit much to me. I don't know if I could if I could agree with that. But, I mean, the model looks at these two teams and says that the Blue Jays have a little bit better of an offense. But against the righty, it's not that much better. And, and I want to make sure we understand, too, it, part of it is also like, again, the Blue Jays' strength is facing lefty. The Red Sox, if the game's closed, aren't going to be throwing many lefties out of the pen, right? Like, they know, like, no team will. And that's the thing. is like, everybody knows the White Sox, everybody knows the Blue Jays. Like, these teams are really right-handed heavy. Teams aren't going to throw lefties against them in tight situations unless it's really, really, really good lefties, right? Like, you wouldn't not throw, um, you know, in his prime, like Billy Wagner or whatever, because he's still, like, a really good pitcher. But they're not going to throw their mediocre lefties in a tight game in these situations. So it's like that that matters, right? And against the right, this Red Sox offense and the Blue Jays offense, like Blue Jays offense is a little better. Absolutely. But like not by a ton. Red Sox relievers may be a little bit better. And the model thinks that Bella is actually a better pitcher than Barrios. 
I, I don't know. Uh, Bellow does have that 847 ERA, but again, that's only five outings. His underlying metrics for those five outings say his ERA should be about four and projects to be even a tiny bit better than that. Barrios, 539 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics, again, not as bad on him, but his, say, mid four. So, I mean, if you're talking about a mid four, mid mid to low four guy versus about a four guy, I mean, Bellow projects to be the better pitcher. Maybe he doesn't go as deep. Red Sox relievers are decent, though. I mean, this is a coin toss type game, and I would, I would give the Blue Jays an edge if this game was in Toronto, but in Boston, again, this is a coin toss situation. Plus 140 is way too good to pass up. I mean, the, the Red Sox may lose by 100 again like they did last night, but plus 141, anything can happen. Sure, sign me up every day of the week, and if we win half of them, we're going to make a ton of money winning half of our investments on this, even a little bit less than half. We're going to make a ton of money at plus 141, so... A great pick on the Red Sox. It's not one that I necessarily think the Red Sox win as much as it is. I don't know what the heck happens, and the odds are just way too valuable to pass up. It's a game that I think is worth an investment. I think it's worth a little bit more than the usual investment because we want to strike while the iron's hot, and anytime you have uncertainty with these plus odds, I think it makes a lot of sense. So on this game's 9.5, I think it's priced pretty well. Model says 9.4. It'll be a little bit warmer than last night in Boston. Upper 70s to start around 70 degrees to close, but no wind effect. So a situation where uh, hitter-friendly ballpark, uh, good offenses. I mean, there should be some runs in this one. So 9.5 is a pretty reasonable total. One more game at the 7 o'clock slot. Angels at the Rays. Rays massive favorites again. Uh, got it done for us last night and not a nail buyer. The price was pretty high, but Rays still made some sense last night. So hopefully you were with me, and like we talked about here, you're seeing this. There's a lot of big favorites, and I'm on a lot of big dogs. I'm on a lot of big favorites, right? It's a little bit of both, and so that's kind of the point. The point here is, and I don't want to dive down this rabbit hole, but the point here is the goal. If we if we isolate big favorites and big dogs, the goal is to play big dogs such that we know we aren't going to even win half of them, but we win. 40% of them at big odds so that it's profitable and we don't play the ones that we would have won 30% of the time. It's not about, is this dog going to win? It's if I put this dog, which which bucket are they going in? Are they going in the bucket that says they're going to win closer to 40% of the time and be valuable? Or are they in the bucket that's like 30% of the time and they're going to win sometimes, but in general, they aren't going to win enough to be profitable. Same thing with the big favorites. Our goal with the big favorites is to say, we know we're going to win more than half, but more than half still might not make us money because some of these odds are really big. We want to figure out which ones do we put in the bucket where we say they're going to win a lot and they're going to lose occasion. It's going to hurt, but they're going to win so much and it's still worth it. Which ones are we going to put in the bucket that says they're going to win? They're going to win more than half, but they're still not going to win enough to be profitable. It's kind of the mindset here in the Rays. At this massive price, I still think are kind of worth an investment. This Angels team is not very good. Shane McClanahan is. The Angels throwing a bullpen game today, and I don't think that bodes well for them. Talked a lot about bullpen games, and there are teams that are trying to use bullpen games to their advantage based off of their bullpen depth, based off of trying to give starters a rest, but saying, you know, we've got a good starter who's gone deep the day before, projects to go deep the next day. This is a great opportunity to use our relievers, keep the other team off balance, and I think it can work to their advantage. And then there's teams that are using a bullpen game because they're like, we don't have anybody else, and we've got to figure out how to get through 162 games. I think that's what the Angels are. They don't aren't playing for anything. We know they're out of it. And so today's bullpen game I don't think is a – Here's the advantage we can gain by throwing a bullpen game. I think it's like, eh, we don't really have anybody. We have to figure out how to get through the rest of the season, so let's just do something, right? It, it doesn't bode well. The relievers aren't very good. I don't know how they find eight good innings here. I don't think they're going to get to nine. I think the Rays win this one and don't need to bat in the bottom of the ninth, right? So I, I just don't see how the Angels are going to find enough pitching to hold down a, a, a solid Rays offense, right? A, definitely a respectable and a competent offense. They're going to get some runs. It is a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but they're going to get some runs on this bullpen game. And McClanahan, a fantastic pitcher, you know, tied at this point for the second-best pitcher in the database, hanging around the same, the, the Burns and the Freeds and the, you know, the Verlanders and the Alcantara's, these guys who are all really good, right in the mix of all of that. Um, Angels offense is pretty average, but McClanahan, as good as he is, ought to be able to shut them down. Rays should be massive favorites in this one. I don't think 260 is a price that I love, though. It's really steep, but I'd rather be on that side than the other side. Model says 247. So at 260, I'd still be on the Rays because the Angels, I need really, really big odds before I like that. Uh, again, model says 247. I need plus 260, really, before I thought the Angels were a decent investment at this point. At plus 233, 
not a play that I think I could stomach. Um, but again, the raise price is so high, it's not, it's no more than a C play. It's, I think they're, I think I'd be on the raise. If you're thinking about a parlay here, an evening parlay, not, you know, the raise would be one maybe you consider throwing into that. It, just don't get overly comp- confident with it, right? There is still a risk that they lose. I think the risk that they lose is probably pretty comparable to the the ROI that you're going to get on the pad. It's it's pretty it's pretty even, you know. So it's 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 in the ballpark. So it's not really like a bad play on the raise. It's just throwing them in a parley doesn't make them a better play, right? They're 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 a meh play by themselves. They're like I said, I'd rather be on the Rays than the Angels, but the price is so high, it's not one that I really am running to the window to make. Um, and it's the same thing with the party. Like, if you want to throw it in one, sure. But, I mean, it's not – the payout is so small, it's like, eh, okay, I guess. But, it's again, it's not one that's an exciting play, in my opinion. So, I'd rather be on the Rays than the Angels with these prices. But, again, the talk about the price matters. Talk about the Ashes last night. Ashes were minus 320 when I recorded, and they closed at, like, minus 260. It's like, that's a whole different story. Like, at 260, like – I still wouldn't have been on the Astros, but I'm like, I could see it. I could see a lay in 260 with the Astros, but last night at like 325, I was like, holy cow, like, what are we doing here? You know, and the same thing here at 260 with the Rays, I'm like, I could see it. Like, it's not crazy. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's a horrible investment, but like, if this price gets up to 300, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then, then, then we just don't make that play. We just pass and go move on to the next one, right? So a lot matters about the price. If the price drops and it, and it drops to 240, I'm like, hey, now I'm getting excited about the Rays. And now I really want to be a little bit more invested in them. So all about the price at 260, it's, nah. I'll take it, but I'm not too excited. Total on this one is seven. Model says 6.6. That's his total I'd stay away from. Um, Pitcher Park. McClanahan going. Angels probably only score one or two. Um, I, I'm just nervous with this bullpen game for the Angels. I'm just nervous that there's going to be multiple pitchers that give up crooked numbers. And maybe that's to the tune of the Rays win 4-1. to one. But maybe those pitchers each give up one gives up three, the other one gives up three, another one gives up one somewhere else, and the Rays went seven to one. So not a total that I really like in this one. Um, if I had to, I'd go under. Uh, but just a lot of uncertainty with how many runs the Rays are going to score. Like I said, they're going to have some big innings. I think because those Angels, I don't think they can find eight innings of good baseball tonight. So it's a it's a it's a total like going under seven again. What I would do if I had to, but one that's a little bit a little bit nervous for me personally. The eight o'clock slot. We got three games here. Cardinals at the Cubs. Split the doubleheader and split them the wrong way yesterday. Um, that happens today. It'll be in around the mid seventies. Ones will be blowing mostly across in this one. Totals eight point five. Model says eight point six. Price pretty well. Cubs will be going with a bullpen game uh, with Luke Farrell. Um, not going to give you a good a good outing, and then turning to a set of relievers is not very good. That's the nervous part about this one. Uh, the Cardinals should absolutely be favorites in this game. They're they're likely to win. Absolutely, that I don't like what I'm seeing from the Cubs here pitching. Uh, they're shutting off bad, and and it's similar to the Angels. There's going to be a lot of innings here where they're not going to have good pitching. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Miles Michaelis, a solid pitcher, gets a 90 grade, a 332 ERA, underlying metrics, but a half run higher. Good pitcher, not great, but good. Um, Cardinals offense is better. I mean, Cardinals should be favored in this one. Absolutely. It's just by how much 201 is too big of a price. It's Cubs or pass. Honestly, I don't think passing is crazy, uh, but the model says there is a little bit of an edge on the Cubs. I, I don't know. The model would indicate, as we talked about earlier, the model would indicate that this is one that you throw into the bucket of. We know they're not likely to win, but they win at an, at a big enough clip that it's still long-term profitable. I don't know. I'll take I'll take the Cubs with the C pick. I'll trust it, but it's not one I'm excited about. Um, again, model says 178 is the right price, so 184 is okay. But I mean, really, really, I'm hoping for a price like 190. You're getting up to plus 200 before. I'm really excited about the Cubs here, but again, I just can't lay the Cardinals at minus 200. If you could get a price like minus 180 on the Cardinals. I'd be a lot more excited. So we also talk about the number moving. I don't know when you're watching this. I don't. But sometimes by the time I finish recording and upload it, some of these prices have moved 10, 20 cents, right? That kind of changes the outlook. So hopefully you can hear what I'm saying. Look at the numbers that you've got. Hopefully you've got multiple books you're shopping around and look at those numbers. And you can then kind of make a hypothesis. And maybe it deviates a little bit from what I'm saying based off of the price because, you know, 10, 20 cent difference matters here. Extra about these long-term plays. So Cubs at plus 184. Worth a look. I just couldn't back the Cardinals again. They probably win, but I think they don't win at a big enough clip to be worth the premium that you're paying on them. 
18 Eastern talking about for this one from last night. Astros Twins. Astros big favorites again. Only 225 tonight, though. And I don't quite understand why this one's priced, at least at the morning price, at a full dollar cheaper. Now, again, the closing price, which made a whole lot more sense last night at 260 a lot closer. But yesterday it was 325 in the morning. This one's 225 Why? Do, I mean, Verlander is amazing, but he's not any better than Frumber Valdez has been this year and is in general. I think Frumber's had now multiple good years in a row, starting with that 2020 season. That short season was fantastic, was pretty dang good last year, pretty dang good this year, 272 ERA, and the underlying metrics say it should be in the low threes. I mean, underlying metrics-wise, he's pretty comparable with Verlander, and obviously Verlander has a long history of success. Verlander's one of the top pitchers in the database, but so was Frember Valdez. And as much as, I don't like Aaron Sanchez yesterday, I mean, he actually was competent. The rest of the Twins were competent, and Dylan Bundy's not good. So, I mean, I don't see it being that different than yesterday's game. Like, it's a pretty similar setup, in my opinion, Astros should be massive favorites, and they are. Model says minus 210. So the model says there's no edge on either side. So I'll take the Astros here at minus 225. It's decided whether beyond, but I kind of want to talk about some of the other games. The price really matters here. If this price gets out higher at some point, you have to look at the Twins at plus odds and say, maybe they accidentally win and the payout is so big. If the price drops, I'd be more excited to be on the Astros. But 225, it's just a lean. It's one again. If you were doing an evening parlay, throwing both the Rays and the Astros in that, isn't the craziest thing. I, I don't think it's like the most valuable play in the world. I don't think it's one you run to the window to make because the odds don't get magically better just because you throw them in a parlay because your risk is still multiplied. Like your odds are multiplied, but your risk is multiplied too. It works the same way, right? So not one that I'm loving, but again, 225 is an okay price to be on the Astros. They're a really good team. The Twins struggling right now. I think the Astros make some sense here. In the low twos, again, model says 210. And again, the model thinks it's priced spot on. Total is 7.5. Model says 7.6. Last game in this time window. There's three of them here again at 8 o'clock Eastern. Mid-80s to start in Kansas City. Upper 70s to close. Winds will be blowing in to start, but then across to finish. Also at 5 miles an hour, five miles an hour or under, so no whirlwind effect. Zach Gallen versus Brady Singer. Two solid pitchers here. Two above-average pitchers. For that reason, the model says the price of 7.5 isn't that bad. Model says 7.7. You got a hitter-friendly ballpark. You got two teams that have mostly played over games this year. Uh, but with these two starting pitchers, pretty low total here at 7.5. And, and I don't think it's the craziest total, so stay away from me there. I like the Royals here at plus 115, though. It's a B-grade pick. Gallon is good, but when you look at the underlying metrics, you know, Gallon's ERA is about a half run better than Singer, but the underlying metrics have them pretty similar. I think these two pitchers are pretty comparable, both very good. Um, I think if you flipped them, I don't think much changes. I mean, I just, I think both these guys are good. Um, I think either one of them can absolutely win. I think both of these offenses are below average. Both these relievers are below average. It's all kind of a wash there, but the game's in Kansas City. It's a coin toss game. Plus 115 offers a lot of value for me here. So I think it's a, it's a big great pick on the Royals. Um, like I said, coin toss situation plus 115 offers some value. Um, not enough value to give it an A grade. Um, Gallon can absolutely win this game by himself. Um, but Singer can also absolutely win this game by himself. He did it at home against the Dodgers, so he can absolutely single handedly win this game. So, um, either pitcher can dominate. And so, again, at plus 115, I'll take the home team. Makes a lot of sense. Um, again, model says Diamondbacks minus 106. I think the Royals are the side to be on here at these prices, and it's a B grade play for me on them. One late game tonight, 9.07 Eastern. Brewers at the Dodgers. In LA, it'll be about 80 degrees to start, a little warmer than usual, around 70 degrees to close. One's blowing out around 10 miles an hour to start dying down as the night goes on. I said yesterday, I said, hey, the price on the Dodgers was not that inflated issue. It was the first time in a long time that, uh, other than that bullpen game that the Marlins threw, that I was like, that the Dodgers aren't losing this game, right? Um, other than that game, the first time in a long time that the price wasn't that overinflated on the Dodgers. Um, so we only took a lean on the Brewers and Corbin Burns have one of his worst starts um, in a long time last night. Tonight, though, again, I think the price is overinflated. The model says it should be Dodgers minus 177. Um, so it's Brewers or pass. If you want to pass because the Dodgers are a good team that makes sense, just remember, you're talking about the last 10 days or so. You take that Marlins bullpen game out. If you faded the Dodgers every night, you'd actually be up because when you won, you'd won pretty big. And I think the Dodgers, have, I think they lost four of those six and again, or four of the 10. Um, and again, a couple of them, a couple of them run even money, but a couple of them are big plus odds. So, I mean, backing the Dodgers last 10 days or so 
hasn't been a smart investment. So, I mean, if you just want to pass it or a good team, that makes sense. Otherwise, it's, it's Brewers or pass. Those are your two options for this one, in my opinion. Dodgers should be favored. Um, Andrew Heaney's a guy I've talked about a lot. I like this guy. I think he's above average. Um, 177 ERA in the season. Underline metrics have him right around three. A good pitcher. Absolutely one who I, 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 I liked. I'd like the addition of him. Um, relievers, though, for these two teams, probably about a wash. Both good. Um, offensively, obviously, the Dodgers have an edge. But Adrian Hauser's decent. Not good. Decent. Model gives him a 101 uh, rating. Uh, 472 era this season. Underline matches have him in the low fours. I think my 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 handicap of this game is you got like a 50-50 chance that Hauser gets lit and this game's over before the third inning. And in that world, you have a plus 208 dog, and you say, it is what it is. It's a plus 208 dog. Again, you don't have to, you only have to win this one a third of the time, and plus 208 is a profitable venture, right? Um, so you got sometime that's going to happen. If Hauser keeps him in this game and it's a tight game, I think the Brewers got a real chance to win it, though. Um, so we're hoping for that scenario that Hauser, you get good Hauser, not bad Hauser. Um, again, if, if we do, I think the Brewers got a chance at plus 208. The odds are just too good to pass up. It's a B grade play for me on the Brewers. Um, but again, if you just said the Dodgers are really good and you don't want to back Adrian Hauser, I don't blame you. Then I think pass. Invest your money in other things. Um, save your money for the next day, right? Just because you have the capitalism and you have to use it tonight, right? You can just a lot of C grade plays, a lot of a lot of big favorites tonight, and a lot of big dogs. I mean, a lot of games, if you just say it's just not worth the investment, again. You got $100 in your account. You don't have to wager all 100 of it tonight. You don't even have to wager 50 of it tonight. You don't even have to wager 20 of it tonight, right? You can pass on everything, or you can only invest in a, in a handful of games or whatever it might be, right? So um, if you just want to say pass on this game, I think that's a totally reasonable option too. But to me, if you're taking a side, the odds on the Brewers are just too good to pass up. I think they got a chance to win this game at plus 208. It's a B great play for me on them. Another game the model says to go under on. It's been saying to go under on some of these Dodgers games. And that's mostly made sense when it has said that. Uh, totals eight and a half. Model says 8.1. I don't think the Brewers score that many off of Heaney. But again, uh, it's like we talked about with Hauser. If he keeps him in this game, I see it being a four to three type ball game. Four to two type ball game. I think under makes a lot of sense. Um, again, he might get lit up. Even if he does get lit up, though, I think under eight and a half makes a lot of sense because you can see the Dodgers getting up five to nothing and then it kind of just being a snooze fest and then winning something like seven to one. So, I mean, I think the under makes a lot of sense here as well, uh, especially if you're getting eight and a half, knowing that you get the win at eight rather than the push. Again, a game I think should be totaled at eight rather than eight and a half. That's all the games today. I'll recap the A plays for you. I got two of them. I got an afternoon one, and the Rangers at minus 127 at a Rocky team that, again, I'm giving extra boost to for the home field because apparently it hasn't been enough. I'm continuing to up that their specific home field boost, and I still think the Rangers make sense at minus 127. And then I've got one night play. The Red Sox at plus 141 against the Blue Jays. Again, again that, a game I think, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Those odds are just way too good to pass up. I think it's worth a look there on Boston in what might be a wild one, uh, just like last one last night was. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel. It's dropped right in your feed. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.